talk us through those 80 minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. The whole week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. G'day, good evening, good morning, wherever you are. Welcome to the Dropped Kickoff for another week and another year. It is 2022 and we are back for a new season of Super Rugby, hopefully, as well as another season, season three under of the Wallabies under Dave Rennie. Um, so this week to kick us off uh, for the year, we're going to talk about rugby resolutions. We're going to talk about what exactly would we like to see happen this year um, and well, it'll be a nice way to have a look at it and see exactly how it all pans out as the year goes on. Um, and I am joined uh, once again by the usual suspects to talk about our predictions for the forthcoming year of rugby. First, Jack O'Rourke. Jack, how you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm very excited for this year. Can't believe, you know, it's it's almost super rugby time again. It feels like we just um, finished, wrapped up the spring tour and, and we're back back into it. Summer rugby. Who'd have thought? It's been a strange couple of it's been a strange couple of months for everyone. There's been, uh, you know, we feel like we're out of we feel like we we we're out and safe away after after the end of Delta, and now we're we're going through stuff again with with Omicron or Domicron or whatever we call it now. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. Fingers crossed that hopefully we'll, we'll, the rugby will kick back off and stay normal. We're also joined by Nathan Williamson. Nathan, how you doing, mate? I'm doing good. It's good to be, good to have rugby on the horizon. Trials starting this week. Just it's going to be the perfect lead-in. It's hopefully going to be a packed and a great season for Australian rugby. I also sense that you're a little bit happy because we are notably hoss-free for uh, for our first episode this year, so no I'm, more. I'm sweating a lot less. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm still. I know there's still going to be a couple a couple of barbs coming my way, but you know what? We're, we're living good. We're living good. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Um. So let's kick off. Let's dive straight into it. Um, and we'll throw Jack to you first. So basically, for, for context, we basically had a, had a, a quick you know, chat before we jumped on here. Um, and we basically kind of had a ch- talked about what exactly are the things that we each all want to see this year. And Jack, uh, I'm going to throw to you first because it is to do with this, this super rugby comp we've been talking about. Yes. Well, my rugby resolution is... I want to see three Aussie sides make the top eight in this new Super Rugby Pacific competition. Oh, it's a good one. Do you what? Are, and how do you, who do you think? I, I'm curious to know who you think the three mm. will be. Um, first of all, do, uh, like it's going to be an interesting one certainly because you've got not only have you got the the Kiwi sides who have course been very very strong, but you've got the introduction of uh, Moana Pacifica. Um, as well yeah. as the return of the Fijian Drua as well. Yeah. So two very strong Pacific sides. What do you? Who do you think is going to make it? Tell us your. Give us your thoughts. Yeah. Well, I think doing the maths, uh, you know, eight out of was it fourteen sides now? Twelve. Uh, Twelve. 12. <laughs> yeah. So, so we got we got. It's to have a successful year, we have to have three Aussie sides in there. Um, you know, you can have. The four, you know, four or five New Zealand teams, and still, you know, squeeze squeeze in some Aussie sides. So I think it's a non-negotiable that we've got to have at least three um, making the top eight. And I'm gonna go Reds, Brumbies, and I think the Rebels. I think the Rebels will sneak in there. I think 
I think they're looking they're looking pretty good. Um, Western Australia, uh, the, you know, the force. They've done they've done some really great off season recruiting, but I don't know if they're just there yet. Whereas the Rebels really need to push and 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 you know actually deliver on all this all this promise and expectation. Have they, have they got a new coach? I can't remember. I, I recall that they did name a new coach for this so, coming season yep. after Dave after Dave retired. So Kevin Foote, who was the interim yes. coach when Dave Wessels left, um, he's he's now head coach um, going through. And and from all reports, everyone's on on board with him and really behind him. And and he's instilling a really good culture down there with you know the Burn Boys um, and some really. Uh, investing in in the rebels sort of rugby youth pathways. The culture of love, that's what they're calling it. Mm. <laughs> everybody um, love everybody. Look, you do need a culture like that with a with with your rugby. But look, it's a it is an interesting one. Nathan, do you think he's dreaming? Is that yeah, I'm, three? I'm, I'm back three. I'm I'm not sure it's that three. Like I think Reds and Brumbies. I think the way this this table works. Those two teams probably get out to a really good good start. So it's I think your first ten rounds of your Australian. I think is, is your Australian Australian leg of the tournament, if you want to call that. You, I mean, when you consider last year, I think the Reds went nine and one, the Brumbies seven and three. Like if you if they end up with similar records come round ten, when all all hoping that we're able to play the Kiwi sides, they're gonna be up, they're gonna be up in, in that top four, and you know. One or two wins probably seals them straight through, mm. maybe even hosting a final. Yeah. You look at, I think the Rebels, Rebels is a good shout. I, I like having Carter Gordon down there, getting Callaway, Matt Phillip back in. We forget that they, they didn't feature for him throughout that Trans Tasman. I was sorry, Callaway, I think, was in for two or three games for Trans Tasman. Phillip didn't feature at all. He was still playing for, for Powell. Um, Another year for Carter Gordon. I think they've got a good side. But you know what? I think this is the year that the force put it together. Ooh. And that'll be your third time. I th- I think having having Pastor Tower at 10, I'll make the call now. He will be the breakout player for the Australian teams this year. I'd love to see that, yeah. I think yeah, he's they, got they- they rated the they rated the uh, Brumbies playing stocks, but they did. Uh, <laughs> they they rated, rated the back line that you probably put a nine, ten, twelve combo out there that's going to be Brumbies in fines. Um, no, Kunzel at twelve and Pasatoa at ten. Maybe yeah. even maybe even Reese to Pine at thirteen. I like but, that. Like you look at the Ford pack as well for the force. You have a, a Wallaby in Tom Robinson at Wallabies in Robinson and Kartu. Mandrano, who I think's back for another year. Then you have a lock combination of Tamani and Isaac Rodder. Like that's a that's an all international type five, along with a pretty pretty solid back row. You like so you Fergus Lee Warners, your Kane Katakas, those type of players. I mean, if they if that 10-12 combo, along with having um, Manasi Matelli, if he can fire for him as well on the wing, like that's a dangerous side, and they showed. I I. I think I put it in preview for the force. I reckon they were they were one of the best sides going up against those Trans Tasman teams. Mm. Like they yeah. were a kick away they from beating the, the Chiefs. Push the push the Crusades the whole way as well. And I think they got a lot of confidence out of that. So you know what? I like the three, and I think the force might be the surprise back of them all. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm coming around to that. That 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 does sound like a tasty team. Yeah, I, I, look, I do. 
it, I do I do agree with you both that Reds and Brumbies are probably if you, if if three do get in that they're issuing. They just seem the more complete sides. Um, I mean, probably of the of the two that we've talked about, I, I'd say you know Reds would likely be the standout. Um, as an established squad that's been together for a few years, Thorn has really come into his own the last couple of years um, as a as a you know as the coach. Things are looking positive in Queensland. Things are looking yeah. really positive. And but and that's not to say that things aren't happening with the Brumbies as well. I mean, look who's back. Look who is back as head coach. None other than than Stephen Larkham himself. It's a, the um, la- the last dance, the last dance. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even yeah. even you, you look at the Brumbies. Um, Getting, um, they essentially have kept most of that same team, but that, the back line all of a sudden is incredibly depth, has incredible depth with uh, Jesse Mogg, um, Cam Clark, uh, Chris Fatui Saltier. I probably butchered the pronunciation, but getting him in there as a center option, as long I, as having yeah. all those guys, it's, they're going to be a good side. I think that's a brilliant signing. Bring, firstly, bringing Mogg back. It's Mogg Ball, yeah. baby. <laughs> but uh, but also yeah, signing CFS. I think that's a that's a great move, and I think he'll really flourish at the, at the Brumbies. He's, you know, uh, I think he'll fit nicely into that system. I think him and him and Icky Tail probably um, fight for outside center. They might st- even stick him on the wing. But yeah, I think I think they'll get a lot of value out of him. Um, but yeah, particularly particularly the Reds. I think uh, it's they've really got a fire this year. I think they'll be disappointed with their their trans-Tasman sort of results, um, especially after winning Super Rugby AU, they thought they were, you know, going to go over there and, and put a couple wins on the New Zealand teams, and that didn't really pan out. Um, so, you know, it's a couple years now into Thorns, you know, um, you know, big, great plan, and we've been keeping the faith for, you know, nearly, what is it, five years, something like that now. Um, so I think they've really got to establish themselves as, you know, top of the table sort of team. So my thinking with the Reds, and just just to leave this final point in, I I think they peaked in May last year. I, I, I it's not a yeah. it's not an indictment on Thorne and how he prepared the side. I just think it, it's how how can't you in that situation? It's the biggest crowd in fifteen years. It's a home crowd. Um, you've got a, a, like an eighty third minute try to win the game. It's your <laughs> biggest rival. Like, and then someone says, "Hey, six days later." Oh, yeah, can you just face the Highlanders in Dunedin? Yeah, thanks. All right, go be competitive and beat them. Oh, yeah, yeah. by the way, they've had like a week or two off just to just yeah. rest. But, you know, keep keep partying. But like, yeah, in like three days time <laughs> while you guys are like recovering from your bender, please go face it. Yeah, like, coming off a three-day hangover. I, I think mm. that I think they've been very – they're highly motivated. And I, I know having having interviewed a couple of players, they are – they want to – they know that they want up the standard. Um, they have essentially – the same amount of players. I think the only main loss is BPA, but you have Alex Murphy who can cover that. Mm. You can have someone like, you know, your your Wrights, your Wilsons, your Wright, who all found themselves, even Angus Scott Young, who went over to the MPC and apparently yeah. absolutely caned him over there. So you have all these guys who both have, both individually and a team, have a point to prove. And I think that's going to be real dangerous come when they face off against those Kiwi sides after they get some momentum going off, going off a couple of Australian wins. Yeah, and I think yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty positive that yeah, three the three sides will make it. You know, worst case scenario that all five New Zealand teams uh, make it into the top eight, but there's still three spots. And I think you know, being the Drewers' first 
first year. They'll have a good crack, but I don't think, you know, hopefully they won't, you know, scrape into that top eight and take a spot off one of the Aussies. But uh, we'll see. Maybe famous last words. But I think, you know, Drew, Drew and Moana Pacifica will, will take the time to establish themselves. I'll, I'm sure they'll cause some upsets and, and really bring the flair. But, um, yeah, if, that, if they make a top eight, who knows? Look, I have heard some interesting things coming out of New Zealand. I mean, there's there is no doubt that there are gonna that there you know there's a good chance that there'll be there'll there'll, there'll be a lot of Kiwi teams featuring in uh in you know in the competition like in the in the um, come finals. Um, I do know that there's been a couple of stats flying around. Unfortunately, I've been I've been trying to search it, but I can't find it. Um, in terms of uh, player, there's, there was a statistic. I think it might have been shared by Brett Kay on Twitter a few weeks ago, I'm, and I'm trying to find it, but I can't, um, which is really irritating me. But that the in terms of actual statistics and, and of players, both he kind of did a statistic around teams, like in terms of uh, average age, but also average number of test caps and also average number of uh, of caps played together in terms of cohesion. And interestingly, I mean, it's no surprise that there were, that, that three of the five Kiwi sides kind of took up the top three, but the Highlanders were right at the bottom um, mm. in terms of that, even lower than the likes of the Waratahs. So, yeah. it, and, you know, uh, there so were... Rugby fixation was is the one I think you're, you're talking about. Yes, that was who it was. That's who it was, rugby Highland, fixation. Highlanders have the, the oldest squad in, tw- in an average of 27.3 with the lowest amount of test cups on average with six. Yeah, and I think it was it, 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 during the the trans not the trans Tasman comp but the 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 Kiwi comp the Aotearoa competition um, last year. It, there it was clear that there was a bit of a gap um, in terms of in terms of quality between you know them and the rest of the comp. Uh, mm. Yeah, but I, mean, I mean, and then they came out and just pumped us for five straight. Yeah, weeks, I know. So we like... don't want to talk about that. <laughs> right. but, but but particularly yeah, the Hurricanes and the Highlanders. I I feel like they've been the hardest hit. In terms of um, you know losing players, um, they've 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 lost a lot. The Hurricanes have lost lost Lamapi. Um, the Highlanders, you know, they traditionally always continue to um, you know lose players. So I, th- I think they might they those two teams might struggle a bit. But yeah, I mean even the, even the Chiefs losing Dmac like that's a that's mm. a big signing. He won so many games for him, and you look, I mean you, you're heavily relying on Josh Alani to to be that replacement guy. Like how do they recover without him that's that's what i'm gonna be interested about i do look in terms of my final points on what the finals will look like i do actually think that one of the new expansion teams will make it um i think that well i think moana pacifica has been doing some really solid recruiting um when you're having the likes of you know you know lilia fano uh signed up even though you know he's you know he's getting on a little bit but there is no denying the talent that's there um there's a lot of great there's a lot of great potential in that squad and you know the Drewer, I mean they they excelled during the NRC um, there's a lot of talent in Fiji and I reckon they'll they'll you know if they if they hit the the you know come out all guns blazing I reckon they'll be they'll be able to challenge you know most teams um, and you know you, you if you're able to challenge most teams and you're likely to get wins and if you're likely to get wins you'll uh, you'll you'll find yourself in the finals but yeah I think I think three Aussie sides is is optimistic as well. I think it's going to be Reds Brumbies force. The only thing that is stopping me from that I'm worried about in terms of the force. I just I want them to meet to 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 get in so bad. They're, they're, like everyone does, everyone does. But I just hope to all hell that they are able to have some games at home because playing. I know that that 
the fans, the, the Force fans, the Sea of Blue are probably one of the most vocal fan groups there are out there. We run into them often on Twitter. Um, and it, it would be nice to see some games at NIB. At, uh, at NIB. Is it NIB now? I, they keep changing sponsorship. But HBF. HBF. HBF Park, that's the one. Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, optimistic. Yeah. I reckon. Well, Four Kiwis, yeah. one, one expansion side, three Aussies. That's what I reckon the finals will look like. With all these border closures, closures and, and that sort of business, I wonder if the force will become the inner Western force again. <laughs> <laughs> That'll piss off many, many, many a fan. Um, but let's talk. Let's move on to uh, our second resolution. And uh, you know, for all of our conversation about uh, Australian sides, there is one side that we have not talked about uh, in terms of the five Aussie Super Rugby sides. And Nato, what's your resolution uh, in terms of the side that? You shall, we shall now name. I want the Waratahs to be to by the end of the season. I want to have have a hopeful future and multiple wins. No, no plural, multiple wins. <coughs> I, I gen, I generally think it's possible. I'm like, yes. I, this is this is not my heart speaking. Like I've, I trust me. I've thought about it several times, trying to figure out is it my head or my heart. But I generally think the Waratahs last season were just a team that everything that could go wrong did. I think people don't don't or don't understand but don't sort of recognize how bad their injury crisis was towards the end. Like they were they were down 20 players towards that Trans Tasman. Like the I think I, the squad they had off the field was almost better than what they were putting on the field. When and that's not even including you you bring over Jamie Roberts who's who's just been announced today. Like that's going to be such a nice signing for him. Um, yeah, huge. You, you bring in Darren Coleman as well, who's really uh, he's a no nonsense, like an absolute footy nut who seems to fit the energy of the group and will just will get the players to buy into each other. I, I like even still they were in positions to win games last year as well and just missed that leadership. Having Hoops back, who might like I think he's racing the clock and might miss round one or two with that injury from the Wallabies, but that's still wait and see. Like you add that, you add his experience, you add a Hannigan's experience, a Roberts like it touched on a Jed Holloway who seems to have come back a lot more mature player and is really wanting to prove himself for the Waratahs along with a pack, which is just a pack and a sort of playmaker department, which has just got an extra year of experience under its belt. Like, I think this is a team which will enters 22 with no expectations and will really like thrive with that underdog underdog tag and will will shock a couple of teams with a couple of wins. Yeah, absolutely. In, in Darren Coleman, we trust. I think I think you will. I think you'll see a massive turnaround this year from the Waratahs. You know, the only the only way up. Yeah, <laughs> the, the only way is up for the Tars this year. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. You know. <laughs> Just stay, stay, stay healthy. That's all I ask. That's the proviso. I, I do. Order, I already think. I, I will say this, Nathan. Um, I do agree with you. In, uh, it, you know, last year was a shocker. Let's put it out there. It was a shocker for the Tars. And I think, you know, it, for, you know, from the coaching situations to, you know, with with Port with Rob Penny and what happened with him to the the player selections and all of the players that they let go and everything in between. It was never going to be a good year, but oh, but just how bad it got was just incredible. But looking at it this year, there is, I think, 
the idea that, that they've taken they've gone away, they've taken some time away, they've licked their wounds, they've acknowledged it as it has been a great start. And I think turning to stuff that they know first, such as picking Coleman as the coach, uh, a super, you know, uh, he's a he's a, a boy from Kempsey. He's done he's done many seasons in the, in the Shoot Shield. He's won many titles in the Shoot Shield for multiple clubs, and he has a proven record of taking players and taking players who, you know, are showing fantastic potential and turning them into a side that is capable of winning competitions. Um, we saw that with him at Moringa. We saw that with him at Gordon. Um, and even, you know, he's had four – we did we didn't even add that he's had four seasons of NRC under his belt with the Country Eagles and took them to a to a, an NRC final um, as well. So and add to the fact that he's also been overseas in, in playing in Los Angeles um, and, won a, and won a title there. I think this is going to be his biggest test as a coach this year because while he has got a lot of talent back, um, it is still a very young side, this Waratah side. And I do think that uh, they will really be relying on him as, as the coach. It's, it's, not a case, it's not just a case of you've got experience, talent and a great balance and all they needed was the right coach to come in and, and steer them the way. Um, this is a building from the ground up scenario, and I think the recruiting has been excellent. Um, and I, I think he can definitely do it. But this is going to be his biggest test uh, currently within his career, and it's yeah. exciting. It's exciting. I, re- I reckon he can definitely do it. I reckon we will see an improved Waratah side. Um, yeah, and and don't forget, this is this is his dream job. You know, he's been gunning for this the Waratahs job for a while, and uh, I think he'll put his heart and soul into it. So. And he's already outlined a plan, you know, he, he, he's got a three-year deal, but he, he really wants to see, you know, improvement in the first year and, and then be contenders in the second year. Um, so I think the, the bones are there, you know, the, the young players have been, you know, through a baptism of a fire, um, and I think they'll come out of, out of it way better than they, they were coming into it. And I think, yeah, as I said, they've got the got the bare bones of, of what their squad wants to look like. And with a couple extra pieces with, you know, Jamie Roberts, Hooper, a few players returning to that squad, I think all, all the mixtures there for, you know, for a good year. Will they make the top eight? No way. But could be a sneaky. Could, you never know. No, well, here's, actually, here's a good question to kind of to end this point because, I mean, we've already talked about it. We think that, you know, the rebels, we think, are a decent shot of of, the, of those of kind of three sides getting in. The force, we also think, are a decent shot. You know, reds and reds and brumbies, we think, will lead the charge. In terms of the of the competition in general, what do you think would be a positive result finish for the Tars this year? What do we think? I think they've got to be looking. So you can't. Here's the thing, and this is this is what Common's been big on as well. You can't really say, oh yeah, if they finish tenth, that's going to be positive positive season like you've you've run third last and if you yeah. you can still make a finals appearance if, if you're not in the top half of the competition i think any anywhere around that eighth to ninth i think you'd, you'd be you'd be happy with i don't think you a shot tenth would show promise and show that improvement from last year but you, you can't you're not gonna be happy with third last if you can i don't think it's a more position I, i'm gonna say this if by the time we hit like middle of May and towards end of May, the last couple of games gone wrong, and we're still saying the Waratahs are either have either secured a final spot or in the hunt for a final spot. I think that's a positive year for them. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. 
Don't what are you willing, What are you willing to put on the line for that, Nathan? <laughs> Mate, what are we gonna, What are we saying? Round thirteen, round fourteen. We, we, we're gonna have to think of something. Put, put it. So put it in the co- comments. Go into green gold. Put it in the comments. Yeah. What should we bet? What should we bet? <laughs> we do. We do, I do not advocate gambling, but in, in this particular no, instance, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed to gamble. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about you know pride. Buy, buy us around or run down the highway in a dress or do something. <laughs> Comments. I'll, I'll put. I'll put my. I'll, I'll put my resolution on the line as well. Yeah, you have to. You have to. You have to find. Yeah. You have to take a photograph. No, you have to take a photograph of the marketing pigeon. We heard <laughs> mysteries about him. We. I want to see a photograph. I want concrete evidence of the of the RA marketing pigeon. Deal. Wait. So, so wait. What's the? Sorry. What's the success? What round are we putting this out that the Waratahs still have to be in finals contention? That's up to you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell I'm you what. Putting on, I'm putting on the line that three Aussie sides will make the top eight. What are you going to do? I'm going to say the Waratahs will still be in finals contention with two rounds to go. Okay, sounds good. Got it. We've got it on. Uh, we've got it on. If not, it's on the record now. Nick Hartley can get a tour and he can steal that Puma trophy. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Security not actually. Maybe we'll see. Security not actually. Maybe. They'll just be like, oh, Tim, he's here again. Oh, God. How many times have we got to say no? How many times have I got to say no? <laughs> uh, well, moving on, are we going to go on to, to my rugby resolution of the year? And I know that probably of the of the, the, the three that we've mentioned so far, I know I'm going in here heart on sleeve knowing that this is extremely unlikely. But I believe um, my resolution – is that we announce a replacement third tier or equivalent competition. It's confirmed. doesn't necessarily have to kick off this year, but there is an announcement that there will be something that will happen or a more concrete competition is formed. So back in June 9 of 2021, uh, there's an article in The Australian, which I will link to in the description, where uh, Andy Marinos basically had a, uh, had a chat with Kirsty Doran, um, which, of course, you know, we... We take some of the things he says with a grain of salt, but he did admit um, that 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 Australia has kind of been falling behind the likes of New Zealand and South Africa since the demise of the, the NRC a few years back, back in 2019. Um, and he to, and this was off the back of, of Brad Thorne uh, making comments about how there was a real need for that third tier competition in terms of player development, um, and uh, and and he agreed with him. So the question is, what does that look like? What does that to, uh, tournament look like? Um, Jack, I'm going to throw to you first. Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming that we will see yeah. the return of a third-tier comp or NRC equivalent? You're dreaming. No. As much, <laughs> as, much as it's needed, I don't know how it fits in with the whole Super Rugby, Wallabies, COVID, all this, all this stuff swirling around. I, I don't see how it happens. I, I'd love to, you know, you know me, Nick. You know, we're both big fans of the NRC. Um, got to a few games and and the like, but um, you know, maybe in time. But right now, yeah, I just can't see how it's going to happen. No. Yeah, I, th- 
as much, I'd love to say it. I think if it's going to happen any year, it, it would be 2023. So I think that caveat of it being you looking for it to be announced, like, yes. I think, but like, you lead into a World Cup or if we're at a World Cup, you still want players playing at home or getting that, get, getting that game time. We can't really afford having to, say, a situation like this year where we have two fullbacks go down or a fly half go down and we have to call someone who's just coming off essentially super rugby training in Lalesio. Like, I think you need that probably for 23, just to, just to make sure, to keep that momentum going, to keep players playing. And, hey, you know, if, if it's done right, maybe you can all, all of a sudden essentially turn it into a or a selection battle, really. You have yeah. maybe if, if it's not done the correct, not the correct one, but the usual format, you maybe do a more condensed, say, four or five teams. You, you essentially lather it full of, the more, let's say four teams, have it stacked full of other fringe worldy guys or current worldy guys, and you send them around, and that's how you keep them fresh by the time, or other by the time World Cup rolls around, or say in between loop, loop period between games. Like that mm. might be the way to do it, but I think it's something that needs to be on the planning but for 23, in my opinion. Yeah, it's no, it's no secret that you know, yeah, those those super rugby players that aren't in in the Wallabies just need way more game time. I think there was, there was a statistic floating around um, comparing, you know, the Premiership with with Super Rugby and the likes of you know Marcus Smith. You know, he's he's already got a hundred Premiership caps. Well, Alessio's, um, you know, on twenty or something like that. It's just um, the the difference in the amount of games played in the Northern Hemisphere is it is. is quite crucial because they they play bloody 50 weeks out of the year so there needs to be some sort of yeah development tournament in in lieu of that for for those guys because you know if you're a if you're a super rugby player without you know wallabies you get you know six months out of the out of the year off playing rugby it's crazy mm. yeah look i think i do agree i think it's it, in terms of just pure game time it, having you know an a comp like that would be valuable and i think it's I do. I do think, Nathan, that if it is, there is it has been it has been shown that a more condensed comp can actually work. You only have to look at, you know, what we what we did with Super Rugby AU. That if you only have four or five teams, it can actually potentially work as a comp. But yeah, I'm still holding out. I reckon whether what exactly what that comp looks like, I don't know. Um, I know I fully know that I'm dreaming. I'm gonna, but uh, and I know that, and I'm prepared to die on this hill. And I will argue with any person. About, in fact, I frequently have argued with people about it. Um, but I do believe in terms of a bottom-up approach to improving the game, having that uh, joining competition between the strong clubland comps and Super Rugby, it's a no-brainer. And I am optimistic that there will be some sort of announcement made in terms of what a comp- particular competition like that, what, like that might look like. Uh, definitely, I don't think we'll be playing this year, but hopefully for next year. Uh, yeah, I've even started coming around on a you know a club championship or something like that. But I think that's a whole nother podcast that we could do. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so we were supposed to be joined by Dylan tonight, um, our our resident uh, non New South Welshman, um, to oh, talk about our Melbourne correspondent, our Melbourne correspondent um, from out in the colonies, uh, about to talk about uh, about his point, but he does have a resolution here as well that has squeezed on. And sticking to the the, uh, the topic of the World Cup, 
Uh, Dylan's resolution was that he wants to see our World Cup 23 all but confirmed. So we're heading into pure Wallabies territory now. We're here with Dave Rennie and uh, and his team. Um, look, this is this is a, this is an interesting one. This is a really interesting one. And Nathan, I'm going to throw to you first here because um, there is certainly a lot of of interesting player dynamics heading into into this year. Um, not only with you know with the emerging talent, but the fact that a lot of talent has come back. I mean, it's only been announced today that Kurtley Beale. Um, is planning to come back as well uh, amongst, you know, the latest conversations and latest chats. Do we think that our World Cup 23 will be decided this year? Do Are you optimistic? I'm optimistic that we'll get a better idea of what it looks like in terms of, I think the majority of our spine will get locked down. I think you, I think, first of all, I think we need to sort out what, what does our selection policy look like? Is it, are, are we keeping with the, you've got to be, committed to Australian rugby or or a 60 cap limit like how does how does that look I think heading forward the best to if, if I was to answer my own question it just exact same rule but keep Japan involved like if you play in the Japanese league that would be my only caveat because they play they play a similar style of rugby they're same same time zone you get a, you get a similar read on it plus it also kind of makes sense when you consider Rumours that that's where Rory Arnold's heading as well, and we know how big a fan Dave Rennie is of him. I think I think you need to have probably a World Cups, what, what you consider a World Cup squad of players. I don't think you need the 23 lockdown because, you know, you see a player like Andrew Callaway. Like, he was he would have, was nowhere on the radar 12 months ago, I think, even let alone like halfway through Super Rugby. I think he got announced by the Rebels as coming back in a 15-second video, such such as how how much he flew under the radar, but like he's nearly one of your first picked. So I think I think you still there's still going to be that space for bolters, and there still will be those players. I think you look at Lee Leofano in 2019, who I mean we, we will look. I think from memory it was Foley or Cooper was the question, and the answer ended up being him. So I think you need to have your, your spine locked down, the majority of players. But there's still going to be that room for you. You're one or two that are just peaking at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, going yeah going into this year, I, I think a lot of it, a lot of the squad is kind of confirmed. But there is still, as we talked at the back end of uh, last year, and I don't think we got any resolution out of it. Um, you know, there there is still some outstanding positions. You know, hooker. Uh, you know, ten. Uh, fullback, they're all sort of question marks, and I and I really want some depth coming through in in those positions, and, and knowing who who is gonna who's the number one in the hot seat for that one. Um, they they play and and you know have th- two or three guys come, nipping at their heels. Um, I w- I would like to see this year um, that that synergy between Super Rugby and and the Wallabies positioning. Um, you know, you, you take players like um Paisami, I want him playing um if he's gonna be the long term twelve for the Wallabies, I want him playing twelve at the Reds. Um, things like that. Um deciding right on their positions, making it flow through from super rugby to national, um and, and cementing their spots like that. Yeah, it's this this it, this question of depth that you talk about uh, specifically, I think is is in, is really interesting. I do. I think that 
the I definitely agree. I reckon synergy. I reckon the synergy between the Super Rugby sides has improved the last couple of years. There definitely seems to be a lot more cohesiveness that has been going on in terms of the. Uh, and this was introduced under Checker, where players would, you know, coaches would go and and see what the Super Rugby sides are doing, talk about their plans, how they can incorporate their plans, and I think that that definitely will continue under Rennie, um, and we will see that a lot more. The I, I do get a sense that the the final you know your 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 starting fifteen is starting to really take shape um, at the moment. But the question and that I have again, not like talking about that the, the point you make, Jack, about depth of two to three, you know, having a couple of people on the heels, that's the best situation that we can hope for. Um, but there was a, a you know seeing seeing this the 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 tour last year, how how many players were brought in. Um, but it, it did show a lot the fact that many people have said, oh, just bring players back from overseas and they'll be fine. Sometimes they do succeed and sometimes they really don't. Um, and the, and the, I think that there has to be a question of, you know, if you're going to have those pl- two or three players chomping at your heels, we, we, we select players based purely on merit and not necessarily because they, they might be a steady hand because a steady hand sometimes might not be, you know, some, because they've, they've done the job loads and loads of times before you know, doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be straight back and straight back in firing on all cylinders. Uh, it took mm-hmm. a couple of games, you know, for Will Skelton to really get into it, come into his own last year on the tour. So I, I that's my little worry about this squad, about the squad so far. Um, I think it's it's an interesting one. I do think it's an interesting yeah. one. And and changes to the Giddo law is kind of even, even throwing more, you know, muddling into the, into the picture, but... I think yeah, I think we are in good shape going forward. I mean, even you look at look at those positions of contention. Like, it's not like we're thin on available players. I mean, Hooker's yeah. probably the the only one which is, I guess, you, you consider thin. But you have a guy like Katu, you have three options at the Brumbies. I mean, like mm. when when they take the field for their first game, you're gonna have someone who appears for the Wallabies sitting on the sidelines no matter what. <laughs> so that's that's competition within itself. You have Alex Murphy who can break out, a Dave Parecki who I thought was good before he before he basically split his calf muscle in half. Um, Jordan Luis, Ulysse, you have you have that depth. You have even at fly half as well. Yeah, all of a sudden Quade Cooper's an option alongside Alessio O'Connor. There's even time for a Donaldson or, or a Harrison or a Pasatel to make a run. And, and then you look at fullback, it's the exact same thing. Even with Patai making the switch or. I mean, if a bulked-up Marky Mark can do some damage back there because he's looking huge. Yeah, um, have you seen that picture? He's oh, he is looking. He looks like he's put on like ten kilos of muscle. He, <laughs> I, even even if you have a breakout player like like Tafita Funa, if he ends up playing fifth, yeah. I, I think he's someone. Having watched him play at the Seagulls, he's someone who could legitimately take that next step. And even even Jock Campbell, the forgotten man of Australian rugby, like. There's depth there. It's just you need that depth to take that next step, so you feel comfortable, as Jack says. If so, you have those. You have a solid number one, and you have two, three players that you know could can do the exact same job if they go down. Wouldn't it be that's a that's a resolution. Wouldn't it be great to see a uh, a trade system in Super Rugby? You know, you got you got this backlog of hookers at the Brumbies. Surely you spread out the talent, and, mm-hmm. and you know that creates a bit of depth as well. But that's another that's another concern. Discussion. 
Sounds like we need to do a sequel to the to the resolution pod at the uh, to the resolution pod at the moment. Mm. Um, well, yeah. just, just wild, wild trades we'd like to see, or, or anyone in the comments would like to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is it is interesting talking about this because we'll we'll head on to our final resolution for the pod. Um, and it is it, here's the thing. I think it is good to mention, you know, talking on this squad and on squad selections is. That you know, I think last year, despite the fact that the Wallabies finished with a 50% you know winning record, last year was a really positive year uh, for the Wallabies, both as you know as a team, as a brand, um, as everything really. Uh, with you know, Rennie had a you know finally had a full season in charge, and he you know we we picked up a series win against against you know against France. Uh, we had those fantastic that fantastic five wins against uh, you know on the trot. Um, against Argentina and South Africa, um, and yeah, despite the you know the lack of success against the All Blacks and you know the, the home season tour, there is still a lot to be positive about um, in terms of just where the team is in terms of a mental space, but also in terms of how they're playing their rugby. So the final resolution that that I, I put out there, but I'm curious to hear both of your uh, opinions on it, boys, is that the Wallabies will end the year with a positive winning record um we were optimistic that this was going to happen last year but unfortunately uh a, a, ma- a certain match in scotland uh saw that that come to an end um, even some certain refereeing decisions in wales that we won't we won't touch on but you know we won't talk about that let's not yeah. talk about that. we're not bitter at all we're not bitter at all i'm not bitter uh i'm not bitter i won't name names but that referee knows who he is <clears throat> um so we we have a lot of of tough games coming up again, rugby championship, Bledisloe, a series against England who currently are on a seven or eight match winning streak against us. Um, but I'm still optimistic about this. <laughs> I really am. I, because this side is, is showing growth and development and is heading in the right direction. Natho, do you reckon the Wallabies will end the year with a positive record? Well, it's a, it's a tough question. Um, Cause in order, in order for us to end with, with a positive record, we've got to take at least one, probably two games against England, which, I mean, I don't think we've won our last eight. Won one of our last eight. You've then got to beat the All Blacks. Probably got, got to take a game off the All Blacks as well, at least one or two. You then, if not doing that, we have to do the exact same thing we did this year and beat South Africa twice, probably one of those games being in South Africa. Argentina twice, with one of those games being in Argentina. I think possibly even two from. I think yeah, that, I think there's two. I recall there's two games in Argentina. We have to play them twice in Argentina. Yeah, I think they've, they've already announced their schedule. I'm pretty sure we, we played back to back. I'm not sure why I've got that in my head. I might have. I think that they might have already announced that as I quickly scramble look, look that up. But um, I think, I think realistically. If we're going to be ambitious, because I think last year was was very much all right. Let's just see what we have here. Let's let's see how this side beats. I think this this the year we have to say it has to be over fifty percent, or or it's or it's considered it's not considered a past season. Mm-hmm. Like we, we were happy with fifty last year, even though if, if I think we we even admitted it felt weird to be happy <laughs> with just fifty percent. But this is the year that you know. We, we've got we've got to start piling wins together. We've, if we're going to be serious about a World Cup in 23, when a lot of our players are going to be in the prime of their season, or you look at some as a potential star like Quade Cooper, probably his last World Cup, 
or even maybe even a Michael Hooper. I mean, I mean the man's the man's not human, but like, you know, he's he's 30 years old, probably be 35 by 27. He he probably still around, but this is probably we've, we've got him at, at at his peak, which is one of the best players, if not the best player in the world. So I think you need to be looking at this year as we need to be over 50 percent for it to be a pass mark. Yeah, what do you what do you think, Jack? It is it is interesting. I think looking at the I'm trying to get the fixtures up here coming for the for the upcoming rugby championship, and I believe so uh, Mendoza and San Juan for the Australian. But is it tr- yes? But is it true that we kick off? We don't kick off the rugby championship against New Zealand. We'll be kicking it off against Argentina. Uh, I've got no idea. I don't think yeah, I don't think that stuff's been. Out. I don't think that stuff's been locked in yet. Okay, because apparently I'd heard on the grapevine that there was plans that, that instead of us kicking off against the, uh, the All Blacks um, in the Bledisloe, which is always kind of difficult because you're coming up against the All Blacks first and foremost, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a tough day, uh, you know, in terms of starting the momentum of, of a competition running and hitting the ground running. Um, but, yeah, if, if we do start against Argentina, that would that would definitely be a game changer because if you do get a couple of wins under the belt, you head into a Bledisloe series um, with a bit more confidence um, and a bit more game time together. Jack, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think that, that England series will be the be the real test. You know, you always got to go to account for a few all-black wins um, when, you, when you're summing up the year and their record. So, yeah, that, that England series looms is really important. Um, I would say my final resolution would be uh, for the Wallaroos to win the World Cup this year. That, that's going to be Yeah. If it goes ahead, which, you know, there's no guarantee these days. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they can do it. It's a, it's a bold take, but, like, if you – That's a very bold take. I mean, they've never – like, I mean, it would be amazing if they do. Yeah. Um, They've never, we, they've never beaten the Black Ferns. They've never beaten the Black Ferns, and they've never beaten England. That's yeah. my only, my only query with to you in terms of that. It uh, would be, it would be a, a big challenge considering you know they haven't played for two years now. Um, so they're just going into training camp, and they're going to play a few warm up series. But you know, in this COVID world, anything could happen, and and this this might be the time that they're doing it. You know, England, England, England pumped the. Uh, the uh, the black ferns so you know that 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 gap is widening um, between you know England and and the rest um, with the introduction of their Premier 15 so um, could be an interesting World Cup we'll see if it we'll see if it gets on the ground off, off the ground first yeah let's just hope those games or that not only firstly Super W which again with border security with border controls who knows what's going to be happening there but hope but from all reports looks like that, that's still going ahead. Yeah, Plus, you've got the Pacific Four which is scheduled to start this year. Plus, I think they're hoping for a couple of other tests in between. So you've all of a sudden got a very good, very good warm up where you where you have players playing constant rugby leading into October. Like yeah. I think, yeah, I think England and France are your, your big worries alongside New Zealand. But I mean, again, you all you need to do is get in a roll in the World Cup. That's the joy of it. <laughs> yeah. I do think in terms of the Wallaroos, I don't know if I would agree, Jack, that they're going to win it. However, I do think that they're the best performance that they've ever managed is is winning is coming third is, t- is taking the bronze medal, which was back in 2010 uh, in England. 
um, which they, which they then won the third, where they won the third place playoff. Um, I reckon they can definitely replicate that, um, and and uh, equal that measure because mm-hmm. if you if you are you know in terms of the the upcoming fixtures, if you are coming up against the likes of a Black Ferns or a um, or or an England in the semi-finals, which you might, which you likely will, um, it, it'll definitely be a, a might be a step too far. But here's the thing: I love being proven wrong, um, and I think the Wallaroos definitely they are on the up and up. And and hopefully, if Super W goes ahead, which we've heard that it will, um, and 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 hopefully we ha- we see the makings of what I hope will be just a regular calendar of rugby for the Wallaroos to play, just yeah. no longer just a test match here and a test match there, regular, consistent rugby for our national women's team to play. Um, if we get that, then sky's the limit. It'll be a couple of years. Give them, you see how high they go, um, which would be fantastic. I don't know about this year, but oh, stranger things have happened. Things <laughs> Absolutely. Have happened. Oh, indeed. All right. I think we've uh, we've hit our resolutions. We've uh, We've thrown our salt over our shoulder. We've uh, let's. Uh, we hope that all of this, all of what we've talked about here, won't blow up in our face this year. Um, but good rugby resolutions, boys. I reckon uh, we're in for a cracker of a year in 2022, um, and uh, we're looking forward to a first round of Super Rugby. Are you guys going to be getting along to any games? Absolutely, yeah. Go down, to, uh, go down to Tiger Town and watch a few games at Leichhardt. It'll be good. Really pumped for this year, actually. Man, I'll, I'll be in the media box as always. So I'll be ready to go. Yes, you get you get paid to you get you get paid to go to those games now. I'm jealous. <laughs> um, so for all of our listeners, the competition, the Super Rugby competition, is scheduled to kick off. Hang on, I got the I just had it in front of me and I lost it. Um, it's going to be kicking off February 18th. That's the one. Thank you very I much. Think, wait, February 18th. Yes, no, that's right. February February 18th with Moana Pacifica hosting the Blues uh, at Mount Smart Stadium in, in Auckland. And then the, the Waratahs will kick off uh, festivities for the Australian cohort where they host the Drua in, at Combank Stadium in Parramatta, which sounds like a beauty of a match. We should get along to that one. Um, that should be a really good game. Um, we'll likely try and uh, put in a one more podcast beforehand. We do have a couple of podcasts in the pipeline in terms of a couple of interviews and such uh, that we're putting together. Um, but, yeah. Good to be back for another year in 2022. Um, thank you, boys, uh, once again for, for joining me this evening. And to all of our listeners, here's to 2022. Here's to hopefully a successful year of rugby, and we'll catch you the next time around. Hey, Rick. See ya. But what did go wrong? I have to look, look and think about it, think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Shirley Bombo? Genius, but a magic. It's really bombo. Very interesting. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Three cheers for Sri Bombo. Very good. Very good. <laughs>